You're listening to a podcast from 702 and Cape Talk. Literature Corner. Kate Sidley joining me in our studio in Johannesburg. She is a writer and editor and author, a playwright based in Joburg, and has written about parenting, family life, education, childhood development, literacy, food, health, and very, very, very many more things, including books that she has read. Hello, Kate. Hi there. Nice to be here. How are you, Africa? I'm very well, thank you very much. What's the Valentine's Day tradition in the Sidley household? (laughs) Well, my Valentine's Day tradition is that I read a poem by John Fuller. um, And your uh, your, uh, readers, not your readers, uh, your listeners can go and Google it. It's a very beautiful, very funny poem. Um, Even the cynics amongst them might enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) And what is the title of the poem? It's called Valentine. Valentine. Go and find it. We'll also find it and share a link. I'll put it on Facebook, yeah. Please, please. Okay. Uh, I've got a, a, a list of five books in front of me. We might not have time to go through all of them, but we'll try and, and, and do our best to do so. Um, the first of the books I'd like you to review for us is The Theory of Flight by Sipiwa Gloria Lovu, who's a, a Zimbabwean author, and this is uh, her very first book, and she opens the book by writing, On the 3rd of September, not so long ago, something truly wondrous happened on the Beaufort farm and estate. At the moment of her death, Mojin Zulanyoni, genie, was seen to fly away on a giant pair of silver wings. <laughs> it's actually such a beautiful opening, and it's such a beautiful book. I wish I could actually show your listeners the cover of the book, because uh, it really is, it's a stunning, stunning cover. And as you can tell, it has a sort of an element of magic to it, this book, a slight magical, realist touch. And uh, Jeannie, who is the, the heroine who you just described her death, um, she starts off as a, as a little girl when we first meet her, and she hatched from a golden egg. And she has this idyllic childhood, uh, playing in the sunflowers and on the farm with her friend. And then these adult concerns interfere, and the soldiers arrive and bring death and horror to her village. And uh, we follow her throughout her life. It isn't a very long life, but it's quite an eventful one. Um, it's a, it's a, it takes place in an unnamed Southern African country, this book. So it has a feel of Zimbabwe about it. And it also sort of deals with some of the issues uh, that Zimbabwe has dealt with, uh, war, and land and homelessness and HIV and so on come into this book. Um, But it's essentially a very sort of human story. And um, it's got great characters in it. Jeannie's mother, for example, Elizabeth Nyoni, she's a sort of self-styled Dolly Parton. uh, And she's got a blonde wig and she dreams of going to Nashville from, you know, from her southern African country. Um, The father... Um, Gomedi, uh, he's a revolutionary and he went to the Soviet Union to study aeronautical engineering and he wanted to build a plane because as he says in this book he understood that after the war when independence arrived people would need to know that they were capable of flight and I think it's a really interesting book this she's a very creative storyteller um, and uh, the tale that emerges has these really interesting themes of kind of love and loss and the transformative power of the imagination and it's one of those books that you don't come across every day it's something that's quite different and if you're in the mood or in the market for something imaginative and quite different um, I would recommend this one and as much as it is a book that covers amongst its themes love and loss it isn't a book of doom and gloom on the African continent is it no, and in fact, I actually interviewed this author uh, for the Sunday Times when I reviewed the book, and we actually talked about that very thing because this this uh, incident in which the you know the red berets came into the farm and you know all these terrible things happened is actually something from her own childhood, and she was just saying how her memories of her childhood had to contain 
this um, this beautiful idyllic childhood of the sunflowers on her grandfather's farm and these atrocities as well. Um, and that it's one of the challenges for her of post-colonial literature, which is to tell these stories about where we come from and what happened without reducing it to this sort of doom and gloom scenario that you see on the on the TV news and that to understand that balance without without sort of taking away from you know from the from the atrocities or from the bad things that happened so yeah I think she she deals with that very well and it, it, it's it's a it's a nice book to read it isn't a depressing book to read at all no and what is exciting is that she's already working on her new book. Apparently, this one she was writing while she was busy with her doctoral thesis, yes, yeah. which is a, very interesting to read. A busy woman. And she's also actually a filmmaker, which I always find so interesting when you read books that are written by people who come from a filmic background, uh, because you get to see that, in, if you know it, you get to see that in her writing and the sort of viewpoints and the voices um, that she takes. So, yeah, I think it's a good book, and uh, it's an unusual one. And the magical, realistic element of it doesn't overwhelm it because so, I know that there's some people who don't love that kind of thing um, but it doesn't feel like a story about a, a, a very sort of unrealistic story. It feels like a kind of a human story with a, a bit of a, a, a glimmer of magic across it put it that way. I can't wait for a chance to read it. That's <laughs> The Theory of Flight by Sipiwe Gloria Ndlovu published by Penguin and available obviously at uh, reputable bookstores. Um, we have in the last while been reporting uh, particularly young South Africans who've gone to the Far East to go teach English which is a very popular thing for people to do either in their gap year or perhaps as a way of making some quick money before they come back to South Africa and do whatever they need to do. And unfortunately the stories have often involved um, um, permits and visas perhaps not being uh, uh, arranged by the employer on that side and the South Africans having to be detained and you know South African government having to intervene and all those things. So I'm quite looking forward to reading actually Karen Cronier's uh, memoir. Uh, it's titled There Goes English Teacher and it's a, a very unusual one um, of her going to teach English in South Korea. Yes, it is quite an unusual book. I mean, there's a lot of memoir around at the moment in South Africa. It's a very popular genre. And there's some really interesting stuff coming out and really nice reads. And, you know, the readers seem to love it. It's a, it's a growing, as I say, a growing sector of the market. So Karen Kunier is an Afrikaans writer, actually. I don't know her work um, until now, but apparently she's quite a well-known Afrikaans novelist. And she's sort of heading towards 50. Uh, her financial prospects aren't that great. She's got a son who's sort of ready to go off to university. He's got into I think it was architecture and she has this through a chance meeting them that she tells you about she decides to go and teach English in South Korea and as you rightly say there's a lot of that about often people in gap years and so on so she arrives at the small school in this Korean village and it's just a crazy different environment to what she's used to. Um, the school is very unusual. They, they, these poor children are at school until midnight. Um, the powers that be have got their own agendas and hierarchies. She just she doesn't know how to access any of it. She's in this absolute foreign culture, foreign um, country, and she doesn't understand a word of Korean. Um, and she says so she's plunged into this absolute culture shock. And you know, it's quite a well-trodden path. Uh, for, for writers, you know, the misunderstandings, the food, the embarrassing moments, the loneliness and so on. Um, and she does a good job of that. She's a good writer and it's quite an entertaining, interesting read. Um, but it's also quite, it's sort of hard in some ways. I mean, she's, she, she really doesn't know what to do with herself. She's lonely and she's constantly, she's nauseous. She's got migraines, da, da, da. Anyway, she gradually does um, get to kind of uh, understand the landscape a bit and, you know, make some friends and so on. And at the same time, 
time she's trying to write this novel, uh, which is an, another really, really difficult part of her life. Um, and then she comes home. In the second half of the book, she comes back to Cape Town. And you expect this kind of wrapping up of the story, this sort of reunions and, you know, there she is with her son and everything, you know, gets back to life. And, and if anything, this re-entry is where the book starts to get very um, difficult and messy and complex for her um, because she can't settle and she has all sorts of other problems. So it's quite interesting that and it's a it's kind of a really raw and personal memoir and she talks about lots of different things and particularly because she's a, you know, a woman in her sort of late 40s so she writes about loss and identity and ageing and writing and mental health and you know a lot of different things come into it and at times it's hilarious, at times it's quite heartbreaking and it's really very surprising. I mean, I'm not going to go into sort of what happens in the sort of second half of the book, but it, it's not what you expect at all. Um, it's it's quite self-reflective, so it's it's a good book to read. I mean, it just shows you how kind of messy and complex uh, individual lives are. And I can tell you, I have um, expensive teenage children going off to varsity, <laughs> and I've crossed this off my list of, of ways of putting them through. So yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a good read. It's an interesting read, and it's fun, and it's entertaining, but it's also, you know, quite surprising. Well, witty and brutally sarcastic is how one person put it as well. But I suppose it is really uh, her sharing her own psychological challenges that really makes this book you know, a book to pick up and to read. Yes. And, you know, it's very um, it's very personal. And she really does. She's kind of tries to be brutally honest about it. You know, sometimes these books can be a little bit flip. And it's got that sort of ironic distance of the sort of travel writer dipping in. But I mean, she is, you know, knee deep in this in, in this place that she gets into. So and, and into her own kind of mental state and so on. So it's, it's very good from that point of view. Our second book this morning, There Goes English Teacher by Karen Cornier and uh, published by Mojaji Books, another book that is available at all reputable bookstores. Kate Sidley uh, is a writer, editor and a book reviewer, joins me this half an hour for the Literature Corner to review some of the books that have come across her pedestal. We've got a few more to go. Uh, Let's see how many more we can go through after this. Literature Corner. And this morning we're joined by Kate Sidley, a book reviewer amongst other things. We've gone through The Theory of Flight by Sipiwe Gloria Ndlovi, a beautiful debut, debut novel from the Zimbabwean author, uh, published by Penguin. And then Karen Cronier, uh, There Goes English Teacher, a very unusual memoir of a South African woman who goes uh, to teach English in South Korea. And the story gets even more interesting when she returns to Cape Town, uh, published by Mojaji Books. Uh, and for the third book this morning, Kate, we go to what is already a bestseller in the US. It's a lush debut novel from Delia Owens uh, titled Where the Craw Dads Sing. Yeah, this is really a big buzz book. I think it came out last year in, in the States and, and it's hyped to death. It's one of those books that on all the book club lists, all the, um, the, the sort of Facebook groups around books and so on. It's been picked up by Reese Witherspoon, who's going to be making a movie of it. And it's one of those books just that's just really affecting and people just seem to really respond to it a little bit like um, a year or two ago, uh, Eleanor Oliphant was completely fine, was one of those kinds of books that people just really, um, that really seem seem to resonate with people. So this book takes place in North Carolina in the sort of marshlands and it starts off with a death which is possibly a murder, we don't know. Uh, It starts off as an investigation and we quickly move backwards in time about 15 years or so 
And we meet the main character, who is Kaya, and she lives in the marshes in a shack, basically. And she's been effectively abandoned in, in, over time. Her um, older siblings have left. Her father is abusive and absent and alcoholic. And eventually her mother leaves uh, because she's being um, abused. And this child is left first with her father and then all alone. And so it's a story of her, and I think one of the reasons people uh, like this book so much is that this character is very, very well drawn, and you really care about her. She has such resilience in the face of such a terrible sort of upbringing. When the townsfolk do nothing to help her, everyone looks down on her. She sort of slips through the net of social services, and she looks after herself, and she learns to fish, and she learns to cook, and she learns to eventually, with the help of a, of a young man, a young boy, um, teaches her to read. Um, but the, the real relationship she has has is with nature and with the marsh where she lives and the birds and the shells and so on. Um, so there's a very, very strong sense of place and Delia Owens, the author, is actually a, a wildlife scientist. So there's a lot of you know, beautiful nature um, sort of writing about nature. It doesn't, it's not too much. I mean, it's kind of nice to read. Um, but that's how she learns about the world through learning about how uh, mothers and babies are in the wild. It's how she learns about sex. It's how she learns about everything. Um, and the tension comes from from sort of two things really as she gets older she starts to attract the attention of sort of a couple of towny boys um, and also about her sort of perhaps involvement in what might have been the murder so it's a very touching book um, and it's a sort of a coming-of-age story. Um, it's a, a, a story that has a lot of nature in it. It's a story with a very strong character. So it seems to have really resonated, as I say, with people. And it's a really, really nice read. It's a beautiful read for your book club. Um, it's quite engaging. It's not a particularly difficult read, but it feels kind of rich and, um, and engaging. So I would recommend that if you're doing your book club shopping or even if you just... Uh, we've got a reading weather weekend ahead of us, I think, here in Joburg at least, I don't know about in Cape Town so um, if you want something that's probably going to keep you occupied for a good couple of days, then I would recommend Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, is the author's name. Let's uh, finish off then, shall we, with a book by John Boyne uh, where John has created an irresistible protagonist in the book title A Ladder to the Sky. Yes, um, John Boyne is very well known for the book that he wrote a long time ago called The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Um, and he's written a lot of books since then, young adult books and adult books. And I didn't know him that well. And I'm going to certainly go back and read a lot more of his books because I found this a very engaging psychological drama. Um, the, the protagonist that you refer to is Maurice or Morris Swift, and he's an aspiring writer. And we first meet him. Uh, he's a waiter in a bar in a hotel in Berlin, and he meets the celebrated German novelist Erich Ackermann. Um, Ackermann is, is 65 years old, and he's, um, he's been a, a writer for a long time, but he's suddenly sort of become quite well-known. He's won this prize and so on, and he takes a shine to Maurice, who's a very attractive young man. And he takes him on his book tour as a travelling companion. Um, he has an unrequited crush on this, on this young man. And he confides in him, and he tells him stories of his own life in Germany when he was young, before he moved to the States, and so on. Um, and 
including a, a very devastating story which he shares with Maurice. And Maurice uses these life stories of, of Eric's as the basis of his own work. Um, so he sets himself on the path to a stellar career and he you know, basically throws the, his benefactor under the bus. Um, and this becomes, this is sort of the very start of the book, and it becomes a bit of a pattern. And we follow Maurice through his life um, in different sections from a different perspective and different narrators, narrators. And we get to understand this man's ambition um, and his sort of amorality. And it becomes quite a psychological page turner uh, because you actually begin to wonder who, what is he doing? You know, what is this guy doing? Um, how dangerous is he? Is he some kind of sociopath? You know, what's going on with him? And it's very cleverly written because all the pieces kind of fall into place. Um, it's a quite a fun read as well. You know, it satirizes the publishing world and the prizes and the literary world and the festival circuits um, and the kind of jealousy between writers where you're going, oh, well done on your prize, you know, when they really would like to stab each other on the back. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really nice read. I think writers and readers like to read, uh, read about writing. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that always fascinates readers is where do the ideas come from? And that's one of the things that, that um, John Boyne tackles in this book. Um, so, yeah, very nice read. I think very cleverly structured, well put together, um, quite a page-turner in its way, and literary at the same time. So carries a lot and, of And really, I suppose, confirming John Boyne is one of the most assured writers of his generation. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, this is not an easy book to, to write. You know, it's not very linear and he has to kind of give us enough information all the way through to keep us wondering. Um, so it has the kind of edge of a bit of a psychological thriller in that way. Uh, yeah, I think he's really good. I think I'm going to go back and read uh, some more of his books. Indeed. John Boyne, A Ladder to the Sky is the title of the book and it's uh, published by Doubleday. Uh, that's all we have time for, Kate. Thank you very much for introducing uh, us to these incredible authors and in these incredible books. Lovely to chat. Thanks very much. Kate Sidley will be back, no doubt, in a few weeks. The uh, list of books we reviewed this morning, The Theory of Flight by Sipiwe Glorian Glovu, a, a debut novel from the Zimbabwean author, uh, published by Penguin. Uh, Karen Cronier, a South African writer and usually an Afrikaans author, actually, writing possibly her first book in English, um, writing a very unusual memoir of her trip uh, to South Korea to go and teach English. And it gets interesting, actually, when she gets back to Cape Town. The book is titled There Goes uh, English Teacher by Karen Cronier, uh, published by Mojaji. And then Where the Crawdads Sing is a book that's making all the rave and all the waves in the U.S. and book clubs everywhere, already picked up for film rights by Reese Witherspoon um, and is published by Picador and then A Ladder to the Sky by John Boyne, published by Doubleday. Uh, really a book that is uh, confirming that John Boyne is the most assured writers of his generation. Do go pick them up and do go read them.